Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Free Agents Podcast. My name is Matthew. We're glad that you're here. We have a very special guest who we now know is an avid fan of the Free Agents Podcast. We're very flattered. Um, and former classmate of ours uh, in the graduate program at NYU and uh, was current was actually on one of the baseball analytics teams that I was on, how we met at the Sabre Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Great guy. Love to have reconnected with him. It had been a long time, and I'm glad that we could have him on. He has a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Um, so with that, Michael Gallagher, welcome to the Free Agents Podcast, and we're very lucky to have you on this thank uh, you, thank you. beautiful very Sunday afternoon. Here. I was telling you guys earlier, I am hyped out of my mind for this. See, usually on the other, I'm on the other side where I'm interviewing people on my podcast, and I hate hearing myself talk, but I can go on and on today. We love Great. to hear it. We love to hear it. Yeah. We're pumped too, man. I'm I hate so to hear myself talk. That's why I can barely listen to ours. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's just a common thing, not liking the sound of not your like voice. Not liking the sound of your voice, yeah. Back. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, let's just I always assume so, everyone else. I always uh, assume everyone else likes the sound of their own voice, go. and I'm the only one that doesn't. But, you know, I think we're all alike here. No. No. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. Every time, every it's time I hear, the, hear our podcast, I'm like, oh, is that what I really sound like? <laughs> well, you guys obviously listen Especially back when on, you like, get the nice speed, mics, right? too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you guys listen to these back on like double. I can only go speed, like right? one and a half times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can only. You, gotta, go you just got to run through them just as that double check. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, I, so I'll, I guess just to start out, oh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What is Michael Gallagher up to? Oh yeah, no, I'm. I would define it as I'm taking yeah. as many asymmetric upside bets as I can, and that's what like really. I thought was so endearing about what, what you guys are doing. And, and I, I see myself in you guys a little bit. Like, you know, finished graduating NYU. I had no clue what I wanted to do. Nothing lined up. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I start a podcast? Why don't I start a blog? Just do all these things. You know, technology nowadays, there's, there's almost no opportunity. There's like the cost of scaling are minuscule. Like you could reach one person with this podcast. You could reach a million people. It's the same cost for you guys. It's the same cost for me. And that's, I'm just trying to write, to buy as many of these lottery ticket bets as I can. So whether it's like my full-time job, the startup gig, I've been like studying for the CFA exam, all this stuff, trying to do my podcast on the side, anything anything that could be seen as a lottery ticket where I have asymmetric upside and really no downside, I'm game. So that that's, that's what I've been up to. Love it. Love it, yeah. man. That's, you know, like that was the thing when we started this, we were like, we have no idea what we're going to do. So we're going to just hop on a podcast with the three of us and, and just, you know, put our cards on the table and see what happens. I mean, so. I think what's important as well is I think we had all realized, okay, we have now this kind of gap in time. I think it was probably the same for you that you're thinking yeah. was, I have this, you know, unidentified gap. I have no idea how long it's going to last. I have no idea if it's going to be a week mm -hmm. or, you know, years. Um, and how can we fill this bridge in time between one very long endeavor to another, which would be, you know, the educational life to our professional lives. And we thought that at least like our experiences and yours as well, because as someone who graduated uh, like 2019-ish, mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting time <laughs> to have, uh, you know, entered the workforce. Yeah. I think even pre-COVID, it was a very interesting time because a lot of like work was changing, obviously not to the extent it is now, but uh, we wanted to fill that gap and we're like, all right, let's just document this period of time. I think we have an interesting perspective. Um, and I think you do as well, um, given your experience, which we'll talk about a little bit later. 
but you know, I'm all for high upside bets. You know, yeah. I think that we tried to talk yeah. about betting a little bit in the beginning, but uh, I don't think that that was why people wanted to listen <laughs> no. to what we had to say. So we no, everyone was wanting to hear our betting evasion. picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as much as, as much as we love That's the betting true. stuff, but yeah, I don't know if people were really interested in, our, in w- <laughs> what we were betting on for that day in sports. So, <laughs> no. Also, we couldn't take the blame if every, anybody lost. That, well, that would then, be too well, much that, liability. No. You know, not really an asymmetric upside bet if you, if you've got the downside of the angry mob coming after you. Exactly, we can't have people yeah. coming yeah. at us. <laughs> there you go. Well, going into and your I, first experience. Oh, Matt, do you have something else? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. Well, going into your first experience, we were wondering, how did you get your first job? Um, what did you want to do off the bat? And like, how did that first experience really shape the rest of your career? Well, are we talking about my full, my first full-time position? My first of many part-time positions? What, what do we want to click, double click into here? Hey, uh, I mean, we could start, you know, everyone's kind of in that position right now where we're doing part-time. So we'd love to hear part-time, maybe yeah. full-time as well. Take well, your pick, brother. Take your pick. <laughs> I'll start. I was in, and I, I'll get into this later, but like I despise resumes. And I will say, I mean, everyone, every, you know, you have to do it. It's got to be done well. It's like, you got to update yep. your LinkedIn. You have to do some of these things, yeah. but that doesn't yep. mean I hate doing them. Um, I will say of all the things I've, I've ever done, <laughs> maybe one or two was on solely on the back of my resume. And all, all these opportunities I've gotten and, and uh, cool experiences I've done because I know someone, someone recommended me or like all just based on the personal and professional relationships I've developed. So it's ironic that when I was right. in NYU, I started full time as a student and for grad school and they were like, oh, well, I had an internship going at the local community college here. I was interning for the athletic director. It was He was like showing me the ropes of like his job, what he does. And I was like, I still want to do something, you know, bigger. I I want to I want to take like that next leap. So let me to NYU, and then they were like, Oh well, we recommend you don't work a job if if you're going to be t- doing school full time. And after the first semester, I was like, I could definitely do something while doing these classes full time. So I so I just applied to a bunch <laughs> of places. I think I used I don't know if it was called Handshake on NYU then, but I uh, I saw yeah. M- yes w- yeah, what was handshake. known as MBK Sports. Uh, with Eugene Lee was the the head agent. They were they were looking for someone to be an intern for the fall, I think, of 2018 or 20, 2017, 20, 2018, I think. And I applied and someone actually got back to me. And then we had a, like a phone call interview. I think we spoke on the phone two times. And this guy was like, oh, like your football experience at UVA, do you have to do anything with scouting or like what was your relationship like with, with these guys? And then I guess it went well enough that they that they were like, you're you're an intern like and i i, I knew nothing all i know is that the company website looked fantastic uh they, they represented <laughs> they represented actual several nfl players i was like okay right. i see chris godwin yeah. i see like sean davis on the steelers i'm like okay this is gonna be legit and i the the address was to some building in like the southern tip of manhattan and i'm like okay go my first day it's this like tiny WeWork office where we crammed in like five people into a two person office. The agent like didn't work out of the office. So he was there like maybe once a week. And it was, it was just like a bunch of interns and a couple of people working full time. And, but you know what? It was like that year I spent there as, as an intern was one of the most incredible professional experiences of my life. I, I, I'm like, I'm learning so much. I show up I show up my first day in like a jacket and tie 
because I'm like, oh, I, you know, sport. I've seen Jerry Maguire. I'm like, oh, these yeah. like agents. Yeah. Everyone, like Drew Rosenhaus <laughs> is always wearing a suit. Everyone's so professional. Exactly. And exactly. I get there. The guys are like in t-shirts, and they're like, "Don't tell me you dress like that for this." And I'm like, oh, uh, no, I have a class. I have a class presentation. I had to dress, I dress up. For class. <laughs> and you got yeah. yeah, to give the excuse. Yeah. Good reasoning. <laughs> Yeah. That's thinking on your feet there. Yeah, I, I dress up for class, of course, and then and then since then I, I you know I'll do like a polo shirt or like maybe if I wanted to do casual some of my wrestling t-shirts if I didn't have any class at night. Um, so I learned so much, and what, what I thought was really important there, and what's really important every step of the way, is that first impressions, whether it's like you start the job, whether it's an interview, whether you're meeting someone for the first time, first impressions are ginormous because what I found studying like behavioral economics and, and all this stuff is that especially on interviews, people will get your first impression of someone. And I think it's called like the anchoring bias or whatever the technical name is. Once you like, once you size up someone in the first 10 seconds, that's your opinion of them. And you're just going to look for things. And this is where the confirmation bias comes in. You're just going to pick and choose information that backs up your initial opinion. So yeah. if, if I come in and I'm like on the first day, if I'm dressed up, if I'm working hard, I don't, I literally, for those eight hours I was there that day, I did not leave my desk. I brought a peanut butter sandwich. I didn't use the bathroom once. I stayed in my chair the entire time and it was just working. And I was like, this is going to be my first impression. And they're going to think of me like that from here on in. And I, I'd like to think that's what happened. But I mean, it was just a, I, for, for a full year to see the whole calendar cycle of what an agent does. Um, in the NFL, amazing. Now I know it, and the thing is, I knew going into that I did not want to be an agent at all. I didn't. I don't have the personality type for it. I read Drew Rosenhaus's book Swimming with the Sharks. I was like, I am not a cutthroat person. I'm not going to be backstabbing people. It's not for me. I want to be a general manager on the team side. So that's what I've got lined up in the future, a few years down the road. That's what I'm working towards. Um, but this was it was an incredible experience. And then I'll cut to. After that, well, the the agency does it kind of merged into another agency. Long story short, there was no position for me there full time to continue after my internship. So I graduated, finished the internship, back out into the working world, not knowing what to do. A few months later, I don't know if you've had and who would be a perfect podcast guest for for your podcast, Doctor Brown, of course. Uh, Matt, I know I know you're very familiar with Doctor Brown from our trip yeah. to, to Phoenix for oh, the Sabre the legend himself, Doctor Brown. Yeah. He, he gets a brown. Yeah. Yep. He gets a cold email from someone who was looking for an intern or someone to work with his fantasy golf startup. And instead of, and I thought this was a genius idea right off the bat, instead of posting like a job on LinkedIn or indeed.com or whatever, he was like, well, I'm looking for a sports business student. Why don't I just find the emails of a bunch of sports business professors in the tri-state area and see if they have anyone in mind? Genius. So, so Dr. Brown reaches out to me, we go over this guy's slide deck and he was like, Oh, what do you think about this company? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm taking this no matter what, but I'm like critiquing the PowerPoint. I'm like, Oh yeah, this seems like a good business model. Like we could do this, this, and this. So that's what I've been working on, uh, for, for, um, I guess it's been a, a year and a half now at this point, time flies. Uh, but of, of course that was also impacted by COVID, you know, golf stopped for a few right. months last year. So at, at that point, I mean, the whole time this was, this was always going to be part-time. So I wanted to do something full-time as well. And I, I really was like, uh, in the beginning of COVID, I was like, I, I gotta, 
gotta put the pedal to the metal gotta revamp my resume gotta reach out to more people gotta expand my network gotta look for something full-time so that's when i spun up the blog the podcast all that stuff i'm reaching out to all these people i haven't spoken to in years and i mean i love connecting with people but people be like people think i'm weird for just calling someone out of the blue be like hey i was just thinking about you want to catch up like people just don't do that anymore so I'm like, well, I'll call yeah. you out of the blue, but I'm like, now I want to talk to you on my podcast. Totally different, totally normal. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, I want you to be my podcast guest. And, <laughs> yeah. and so that, that's what I was doing in the fall and in the winter and the spring. And then for my full-time position now, see, and, and this goes to show like how little, how, how I guess little importance resumes are really for getting you a, a full-time position if you, if you know nobody. Uh, a, a friend of mine that I grew up with as like a neighbor pretty much for 18, 20 years was working in, in this, at this finance, this fintech company, DVO1, nothing sports related, nothing sports related at all. But he knew I had taken like level one of the CFA at that point and was looking for something and, and would fit in on his small team. And I was like, I'll interview, let's do it. And then a few months later, there I am. <laughs> I started March March of this year. I start as a as a data analyst for it's called credit facilities reporting uh, for this fintech company. Not at all what I pictured what I would be doing after NYU, uh, but I'll tell you what it's it's been a ton of fun. I mean, I'll have to show. I have to dig up. There's this clip. I I, I mean, I really stepped into i feel like i stepped into my own there the past few months it's like a team there's like 90 something employees and of course i was like with the agency business i start out and i'm like i want these people to think i'm a hard worker i'm gonna get things done i'm gonna learn as much as i can and you know that's what i've been doing but but since since that started i was like well now people have their initial impression of me now i can kind of let loose a little bit so in our yeah. weekly in our weekly town hall meetings virtual on zoom let's just say that that uh two week two weeks ago on friday i dressed up full on in my hulk hogan costume and i called out <laughs> a, a high ranking a high ranking employee in the company to a fight <laughs> uh, to a, i guess a sparring match in our office this guy was like a kickboxer and there's like videos on youtube of him just demolishing people <laughs> and i challenged him to a fight and so in september we're gonna be sparring and i'm probably gonna get Ooh. uh you know knocked out not not that i'm gonna get knocked out but i know it's not something i'm gonna win <laughs> But I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just love, uh, I just love so enter- entertaining the people. Uh, that's the yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. No, it's great that you Have can you get started training for this? Oh, I, that's I, also I've the other training. question. I've been training rigorously. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Just making good. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but not, not the right type of training. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting here with like my band trying to get like an arm pump and, and trying to look good. Like, 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 like Hulk Hogan would for this fight. So I'm just trying to look big and win like yeah. pre-fight, the audience opinion pre-fight. Cause I'm, I'm not doing any actual fight training. Like I, my dad, my dad hears this and he's like, you've never taken a punch. He's like, you can't dodge anything either. He's like reaching his hand. And he's like, slap me in the face. He's like, you can't dodge anything. And I'm like, and I'm like, he's right. <laughs> but what I am going to do is, oh, and I also gave myself a nice like fake tan before this promo too. Cause I was oh, like, nice. I'm detail oriented. And I let the people know afterwards. Wow. And they're like, this Absolutely guy pays commitment. attention to detail. Ooh. This yeah. guy is committed to the yeah. role. This is, we gotta. I mean, 
I start something new on Monday. Is this something that I should be uh, yeah. I should be considered doing? Matt, you four, need to challenge people to more in, fights. Yeah, four months in, then you like let then you just let loose, and that's just, the appropriate yeah. amount of time. That, four that's months? the appropriate amount of time. Four months. Yeah. Then then the people won't gotcha. think any okay. less of you. If anything, they'll think more of you. <laughs> this kid is bold. No, we gotta Noted. get you to like exactly. we gotta get you to like the meat locker Rocky style and like get you get you working on like the the pigs, you know. Yeah, I'll be I'll be doing sit ups and then I'll have Matt like slamming a medicine ball into my ass <laughs> at, the, at the end of the sit up. Yes, sir. Always. All right, moving moving swiftly on from this very engaging fight conversation. I know that um, this is something we could spend all day on. I know I could. Um, yeah. But for those who aren't familiar, obviously you brought up that you went to UVA and now you went to NYU graduate school. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people when they're, you know, in this period of a gap period, like our set, like Brandon, Andrew and I in the beginning, um, and maybe yourself after you graduated from UVA, you think, okay, grad school, obviously you went to grad school. So there was some sort of motivation to that. I was wondering, how did you come to that conclusion that you wanted to go to graduate school? I think that, you know, obviously when you graduate college, you have this vision of, oh, like I'm going to get a job and I'm going to be a professional, all that stuff. But a lot of people also really do want to go to grad school. So I was wondering where you stood on that. Um, and were there any opportunities that you had to turn down in order to go to grad school? Um, turn down opportunities, you know. I wish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll, oh, okay, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I started my second year working for the football team. And I'll get more into this in a second. But I thought after the first two seasons, I was at my second and third year, I was like, at the end of my fourth year, when I graduate, I'm going to be working for this team. I'm going to have a role for sure. They'll hire me to do something because I was like, I was just so ingratiated in the culture. I felt like I sort of created my own role that I was doing all the things and learning all the things that people didn't want to do, like coaching assistants, the equipment managers doing stuff for for nutrition and video, all this stuff. Um, I was like, I just want to make myself indispensable. And then boom, I'll get hired at the end of my fourth year. And then the swerve is that the whole coaching staff gets fired after my third year. They bring a whole new staff in. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I've got no credibility with these people. They know nothing. I'm just some lowly student manager. Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my like, the resume, I feel like the, the unwritten resume I, I had built was gone at that point. And then I, I just assumed, you know what? At the end of this year, I'll just do the same thing. I'll just keep working hard keep taking on all these extra tasks that were definitely not part of the job description. And then I'll, I'll earn my way on that way with this new coaching staff, you know, fast forward to graduation didn't happen. (laughs) I tried my hardest. Um, nothing, nothing I would do differently or nothing I would regret. Uh, but then I was just thrown out into the world and then I went back and was a summer camp counselor for like the camp I, I, grown up going to and was working at before that and after that was over that led me to interning with the athletic director at the community college where the summer camp was being held and then you know after a few months of doing that I was like okay well I mean part of my internship was just like re-racking the weights in the gym and logging people into different stuff and just monitoring like the facilities and overseeing some student employees I'm like, well, I mean, this isn't really what I wanted. I'm like, I'm picturing myself running an NFL team here. This, this isn't exactly what yeah. I want to do, just on a bigger right. scale. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, so I'm like, what do I do? And then that, that's where the grad school came in. So I looked at different schools, and since I'd be starting, it was weird since I would be applying to start in the spring. 
really NYU was the best and only option. And that wound up working out perfectly. Hey, great to hear. Uh, I, I've always been interested because at least for myself, when I was in the depth of the unemployment depression, uh, I would say probably in uh, May, June-ish, um, I was like, all right, like going back to school is something I might really need to consider in terms of yeah. it kind of you know kicks the can down the road a little bit. You have another set amount of time to build and you know make connections and learn stuff. Hopefully, I would think that's the objective of school, but um, sometimes that is more difficult than uh, one would surmise. Um, but I think for you, you kind of did the something similar where you were working and you're like, all right, I do need to, you know, because you had a plan in place. Like, oh, I'm going to get hired by the the coaching staff. Obviously, unforeseen circumstances happen. Coaching staff gets fired. Uh, the similarity for us is that obviously COVID, COVID happened. No one anticipated that. Um, so, all right, like this is a, an area where I can, you know, continue to beef up my stuff, learn some more things. And it looks like it worked out for you. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that we got to meet because if you didn't go to NYU, then we would never have met. Um, so blessing in disguise for sure. Uh, but you mentioned the football team. I think that that's something that a lot of people are not privy to. Uh, when you're watching football is just how much goes into everything because it's the biggest, biggest roster of any sport. There's so many moving parts, uh, so many injuries, which I'm sure is also an incredibly difficult part because everyone's coming in everyone's coming out. More people are going to the hospital, you know, I had an injury. Uh, I suffered an injury during a practice. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) got to hear about that. Oh, we got to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, the more specific question was because you also you also wrote a book about your experience, uh, specifically with the 2016 season at Virginia, um, titled "Inside the Ground Floor of Virginia Football." Oh, Rebirth yeah. is the real title. Um, so, maybe give us a little you know a little synopsis of of the book for anyone who's interested. Um, and then, obviously, the practice injury that's very up on the top yeah. of the list. Yeah, we got uh, maybe about some that. major takeaways of the season and you know, how that uh, 2016 season kind of shaped you into into who you are today. Well, the, so I mentioned that there was a coaching staff change. After the, I was there 2014, 2015 seasons. That was like the stereotypical football team, football coaching staff, football team. Everything was about, you know, football. You got to be tough. You got to outwork your opponent, you know, you know, rub some dirt on it. Like that was, it was football. New coaching staff comes in. And it's being run like a business. It was the it was the coolest thing to see. The coaching staff cared more about like establishing a culture and about the organizational behavior and like the flow charts of management, like, all those kinds of things, as opposed to the X's and O's. And like that was fascinating because I never played it down football in my life. I was I'm no X's and O's expert. I'm not you know I'm, I'm not I'm not built like a linebacker. So I kind of didn't fit in fully with the the first coaching staff at first. And then the, the these these new guys come around, and I'm like, wow, we're interested in all the same books, and we listen to the same podcasts, and we were so interested in learning the same things. And there were so many things I stole from from these coaches, like the, uh, anything I saw Bronco Mendenhall doing, I I was like, I'm going to do that 
and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do it better than he does. And he's walking around carrying a notebook, just writing everything down. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to carry a notebook and write everything down. He's got a big V-Saber logo on his notebook. I'm going to put one on mine. He goes around the field before practice, just like cleaning up garbage from all around the field. I'm, I'm going to go out there 15 minutes before him and make sure there's nothing to pick up. He, he talks about uh, going to the bathroom, and he's like, all these little things. He's like, you know, you ever go to the bathroom, and you see like the garbage can with the paper towels in there, and it's usually like over flowing and he's like you know what it takes two seconds to you know just press all those down and he's like boom all this more room created it's like all these little things that he cared about that i was like i'm gonna do those things turn it up to 11 do it better than him and so i accumulated like all these stories of all this stuff and wrote them down into this book and i knew back then like spoiler alert we went two and ten that season it was the lowest win total of any season any of the three seasons i was there for all intents and purposes it looked like we took a huge step back but i couldn't be further from the truth because part of what happened was many people weren't like that many people didn't buy in and they're like this guy doesn't care about football he's letting his coaching staff like go home at 5 p.m and like nobody would work on sundays this is like this is not what you hear about in in college football like nick saban's got his his interns and stuff working 24 hours a day seven days a week so like how could this team win anything like oh it goes to show why you won two games i'll tell you what since then i believe the statistic is since that season Virginia's gone 17 and two at home and beaten many great opponents in that span. And I'll tell you what, like, I know plenty of people still working there. Like I've got tons of friends on the coaching staff that were players when I was there. They're like, we're not doing anything different than that first season. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. You're just doing all the same things. The difference is you're getting all people on the bus that are bought into that mission, to that program, to, to that style of thinking and leadership. And when you have all these people thinking on the same page, it it's it's just miraculous and I'll, I'll throw another story here the first year when i was there and and this is something i've taken with me since then i know mac brown's daughter like mac brown like currently the coach of unc but like you know championship winning coach at texas fantastic coaching career yeah. uh, he was one of the people that would come to practices sometimes i'd see it would be like him like keith miller showed up one time like all like some some uh some real great football legends and like my first year as a student manager, I'm like, oh, like I'm some scrawny 18 year old kid. I'm like, nobody wants to like talk to me or ask, get me to ask them <laughs> questions. Like I'd just be bothering these people. Um, but I'm like, you know, when am I ever going to get to talk to Mac Brown? So I work up the nerve to go up to him and I'm like, you know, Coach Brown, uh, you know, big fan. I want to be a coach or like a general manager one day. Like I, I want to know how do you lead a team of, of a hundred people? How do you get everyone going in the same direction? Not, not being, not foreseeing that a few years later, that's exactly what coach Mendenhall would come in and, you know, focus his whole work on doing. And, and Matt Brown, he, he like grabs my arm yeah. and like, I was like so scrawny. I was like, he's like going to squeeze my arm off. He's got that like old man strength. <laughs> and, and he's like, you need, he's like, yeah. you need three things. And I'm sitting there wincing and he's like, it's communication, <laughs> trust, and respect. And when you have those three things in that order, then you have common purpose and you lead a team from there. And he's not been wrong. Like everything, everything I've seen after that in my life has, has really backed that up, that it's communication, trust, and respect in, in that order. Um, but I, you know, I also don't want to, to short sell that, that last year, I'll get to the injury story now before I forget. I was, I was, there we go. Like, you know, if, if you know me, I'm going full out for these practices. Um, there was one time where 
you know, if, if anyone knows these, like tackling these football tackling sleds, the one man tackling sleds, um, they're extremely heavy. Uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> players struggle themselves with getting the sled, like at a full speed, running at the sled, getting it up off the ground, throwing it to the side, flipping it over. And then my job would be to just stand it back up repeatedly again and again and again. That thing's heavy. You know, there's not a ton of these sleds. So sometimes one position group needs it, then another one needs it. And they could be 50, 60, 70 yards away. So one of these days, and we would take multiple student managers to move this normally. I find myself near this sled. Someone 50 yards away is calling for this sled. I'm like, there's nobody around to help me. I'm going to start pushing it and see what happens. I get like 20 yards. I'm like sweating. I'm like 25 yards, 30 yards. I'm like, I could feel my legs getting heavier and heavier. And like, and the like coach yeah. and players down there are just like looking at me probably. Like, like this guy's not going to make it here. All of a sudden, someone comes out of the blue behind me, and I feel this sled start motoring out of nowhere. And I'm like, well, I know this isn't me. And I was like, oh, it must have been like our um, our our boss, like the head equipment manager or or one of the other students came and was yeah. helping me. I was like, finally, it's about time. I look to the left. It's Coach Mendenhall, the head coach of the team, <laughs> pushing the sled with me, getting it to where it needed to go. And I was like, ever since that, and even before then, since that, I'm like, I'm going to run through a brick wall for this guy. Like this guy, he gets it. Yeah. Like, he yeah. just demonstrated like in that one moment, like that's something I'll never forget. Um, yeah. So of course, I'm, I'm going to run through a brick wall for him. So anything people ask me at these practices to do, I'm doing it 110%. So I worked with the the cornerbacks and the safeties, like the defensive back unit for, for individual parts of practices. And so I would occasionally be asked to be like a dummy wide receiver. And normally that would just be standing still. And then they'd try to break up passes going my way. But one or two times I'd be a dummy wide receiver. But sometimes the coach would tell me to just take off downfield. And, and, and the defensive back would be thrown to me and the defensive back would have to run up and break up the pass. I mean, there would be no tackling of, of any sort. Uh, you know, I'm fragile. Um, <laughs> one of these times I see a ball. It's I've got, I, I believe. I believe it's Juan Thorn. I could be wrong. Juan Thornhill, current starting safety for the Chiefs, hot on my tail. I see, and I've got like a good <laughs> ten yard head start on him. Our defensive back coach launches the ball through the air. I'm running downfield. I see it. I'm like, I can get to this. It's a little far. I'm not that fast, but I'm like, I know I can get to this. How amazing would it be to beat Juan Thornhill, make this catch in practice? Yeah. And I feel like I'd be, I'd be having a story for life. I dive exactly. full yeah. extension for this ball. <laughs> I land. I, I land right on my left elbow. Do not catch the ball partially separated like my ac joint or whatever it is oh. i'm no medical expert oh. i i feel oh, something yeah. wrong immediately i'm like this is no good <laughs> i get up my arms like hanging by my side and then after that i had to take all this equipment off the field um because that was like the end of the drill pretty much and i'm like great now i have to take all this stuff off the field i go to pick it up my arm just like falls limp I'm like, I cannot use my arm to pick anything up. I'm just using my right arm and trying to like lug all these like heavy garbage can stuff off the field. And I'm just struggling. And then I'm like, trainer, trainer. I'm like going to the trainer. I'm like, I need help here. Help me out. He like, he like puts his arm above my hand and he's like, raise your arm up. And I'm like, 
shooting pain is going up my arm and he's like that's your ac joint kid or whatever it is and i was like i was like oh this is not good let's just say that uh, i couldn't oh, lift shoulder yeah like, i would be going to the gym almost every day uh to to work out and like de-stress uh you know that that job was stressful enough let alone classes i couldn't do a shoulder right. press for about six months because uh, I just oh, had to let that wow. thing heal. It, wow. it took so oh long. Um, so that's why ever since then I'm like I'm gonna be safe with. I'm, I'm not gonna do anything stupid because if it yeah. comes at the cost of uh, yeah, talk about asymmetric upside or downside. Th- that that was pretty much an asymmetric <laughs> exactly. downside bet. Uh, really, only thing things yeah. could have gone wrong for me there. I don't know. That could have been a cool story though. I, it's arguably there was, a cooler there was still story upside now. there. Yeah, either way, I think that you, you lucked out. I think if That's you catch true. it, you have a good story. And if you didn't catch it like you did, you have an even better story. So Hey, I mean, that is 10% incredible. all the time, every day. You love yeah. to see it, you know? I, mean, I, I want them to be yeah, like, no, that kid hustles. And, like, we went back and we watched the film yeah. of that. And, like, you can see me dive. You can play it like, forwards, backwards. You see the clip of me diving. And I'm like, yeah, that's where it happened to my shoulder. I've got the video on my phone here somewhere. That's oh, that's, inc- that's, that's incredible. Ooh. I, I mean, I think that, again, like that's also a good lesson that if you show that, you know, especially if the, the leader can show that they're, you know, even down for the, you know, the little things like moving the sled, you know, there's there's a lot of, of weight in that. No no yeah. pun intended because yeah. the, the, slave, <laughs> the sled was heavy. Actually but, heavy yeah. yeah um, <laughs> but I think like leadership is mostly about, you know, doing the little things. And it looks like that little yeah. thing provided, you know, enough. Yeah. For you to literally start laying out for balls in, in practice. Everyone, yeah. how many times have so. you guys heard? How many times have you guys heard? Oh, I wouldn't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like, how many yeah. Times yeah. You literally every day. Literally it has every to be day. proven. Yeah. How many times do you see that? Have you ever seen that like proven? Like, oh, yeah, like that. This person means it. Rare. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, think on, I've on, seen on it occasion, maybe. Personally. But yeah, not a lot of examples, maybe. Yeah. 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 So it's it's good to know. Yeah, that, that they speaks exist. volumes. Yeah, unicorns no, I mean, exist. I'll, I'll tie it full circle. I'm like that. You know, whenever someone says, "Oh, I wouldn't ask you to do something," like that's how I view a resume. Like that's it's telling. It's I want right. to show, don't tell. Yeah. No. Completely agreed. Exactly. I mean, I think that end of the day, a resume is kind of like a talk is cheap type thing, where the resume is all talk. You have to kind of speak what you've done, and then it doesn't. It's not really worth a whole lot because you could have done a whole lot of like great things, but be a really horrible employee and a horrible like teammate and all these yeah. things so i, I mean yeah. not to drop some not to drop some knowledge here but you guys you guys talked about it in your group project i think it was the season one finale roasting the group projects when you're like you've seen people yeah. in the interviews and stuff say like oh yeah team oriented great team player all that stuff and you're like i do We've worked that. with them not true yeah <laughs> not true yeah. it is not true exactly <laughs> i think the lesson is you have to become a great team player and an even better liar so <laughs> I fake it till you make it man advice, Matt. Yeah, yeah. that's that that one's for free for everyone yeah. <laughs> become a great I'll start, liar i'll start charging next time um <laughs> well that's what happens with the, I mean, tax evasion you gotta that's also part and parcel of it you gotta be a great exactly. liar yeah my dad was not happy about that um <laughs> but just to, 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 to pivot to pivot off the tax evasion um you you touched on the, the the majors challenge a little bit where you currently work, um, but I think it's like a incredible like idea, and I think that it's great that it's not great that people don't know about it. I think that this can, is a very popular uh, thing that a lot of people don't know about. 
I'd love to hear more about what you do and what the startup actually is. And you talk about this a little bit, but some pros and cons of working in a startup. Because I think a lot of people might find that startup jobs are, you know, maybe easier to get because the, you know, there's just not as many people, but um, just maybe some pros and cons about, you know, smaller team startup type stuff. I'll say, and I'm, I've got messages popping up right now about all this stuff. It's the founder, <laughs> it's me, and there's a developer that's currently in India. And it's just the three of us communicating on building this pretty much new business from scratch. And it's across different, you know, time zones. And we're all, we all have like, the three of us have full-time jobs and are doing this on the side. It's like just as much of a passion, not that it's a passion project because, you know, the goal is to make money, but it's, you, you wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't a huge passion. And I started yeah. out and I'll tell you this about startups. It's a lot of hard work because there's no answer key. There's no guidelines. Like the guy brought me on under the guise of, you know, just make the company bigger, like get more people knowing, you know, raise awareness, raise uh, the participation number, like signups. Just, but he's like, just do it how you, how you think is the best way to do it. And I'm like, well, I don't, in my mind, I was like, I've never had to do social media marketing or advertising or, or any of this stuff. Um, but I learned, I, I went out and I learned, I now know um, the differences of marketing on Facebook and, and Google. And I found this pod, you know, you can find podcasts to learn how to do anything. Um, you know, I, I love listening to your guys' podcast, but there's like on the more um, educational, it feels like homework, but like I listen to all these episodes of like people have this podcast just about Google, Google search campaigns or whatever. It's all like the, the pay-per-click pay podcast or something like that. Wow, I, I learned so much from that about about uh, advertising on Google, and so I did that. And then a year into it, he's like, "Okay, well now, uh, I guess because behind the scenes, we're technically like right now with uh, like a SaaS business where, you know, if you guys have played March Madness pools, usually it's like you know everyone makes their bracket, the winner gets all the money, you keep track of it over the course of the tournament. We're doing the same thing for golf, where say it's the it's the Masters, you guys pick your top twelve golfers." you keep track of the running score every day and then the winner gets all this money. But the way people were doing it in the past is you'd have like 500 person pools and you'd be keeping track in Excel and like you'd have to manually update, oh, this person did this round today and then you're yeah. doing this for all these players. Right. We have that all covered in this software and the way it works currently is you pay, it's like a dollar an entry to use the software. We tell you who's in what place live. It's all this cool all this cool technology stuff going on. Not, not that I know how to design or build any of this stuff. Uh, I'm just trying to sell it. And we're, <laughs> and we're, we're the only way we're making money now is people um, licensing the software. We're not transacting any winnings. You have to like Venmo each other. Um, we can't do any of that because it's technically online gaming. So we're trying to get into online gaming where we will be transacting the money and doing all this stuff. It, it's it's like it's a whole new business because i mean yeah. you guys have taken sports law classes and all that stuff you you know like turns come to online gaming it's a whole new world there's like you know <laughs> the interstate wire act yeah. and and the paspa stuff yeah. and all, all this sports law stuff so i've i now have to learn all this and i'm like i don't know the difference between you know because if you're doing not online gaming you could just use a uh, stripe or paypal and it's like Bing, bang, boom, done. You don't have to worry about it. Just plug in their API. They take care of all the rest. You know, these guys don't work with online gaming companies. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, now I have to find a separate payment gateway. 
uh, payment processor. I'm like, I don't know the difference between the two. I thought they were the same thing at first. And now I'm like, now I'm the expert. What's a gateway? What's a processor? Yeah. What's a merchant account? Underwriting bank accounts, how ACH transfer works, all that stuff. So that's what I've been learning the past few months too, on, on top of all the other stuff I've going on. And you know, the goal is to build this all out and launch by the masters next year in April. So, but once again, the guy was just like, you know, go for it. You know, just communicate with the developer, tell him what he needs to do. Uh, just learn the stuff, do it. And I'm like, okay, there's really no guy. And like, I feel like from, yeah. from the, um, from like the discipline I developed and, and that's why I, I really owe a lot to working as a student manager of Virginia. Like, you know, I had to be up at 5 a.m. every day, if not earlier, like get to the team meetings, do get to this on time. Everything was, it was discipline, discipline, discipline. And I feel like I've I've uh, strengthened that skill set where now I can be trusted to be like, you know, there's no time frame. Just go do this with no micromanagement, no nothing. And to trust myself to be like, OK, I'm not going to wait for the deadline or wait for this guy to email me five times following up on something to finally do it. I'm going to go out and and be proactive and don't hold myself to a higher standard than anyone else does. And, you know, if if I'm going to be doing something, it's going to be associated with me. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent of, uh, what I'm capable of. Yeah. I commend you for waking up at five in the morning, but also, uh, giving, you know, 110% of your effort to everything that you do. I think that sometimes it's hard to, you know, actively do that. I think that it takes, you know, a lot of work and your own like self-reflection to actively, give your best effort in everything that you do. Sometimes, you know, I'm tired or this and that. You can come up with excuses to give, you know, 95% or maybe even 100%, but you need to give that extra and everything that you do. Um, yeah. And I really commend you for that. I think that it shows in the variety of work that you do. I think that obviously uh, that will bode well in, in anything that you do. Um, and I think it's great advice for anyone who's listening to know that, you know, if you want to do something and you put in the extra work and you put in the time, uh, good things will happen to you. And I think that that's obviously yeah. shown in the fact that, you know, you said a lot of the things that you've gotten or almost all of them have been from either recommendations or people have reached out to you saying, Hey, like would love to have you work on this project. So, yeah. you know, that's at least one of my takeaways. Um, yeah, and even being a guest on that, this podcast, it's cause you know, we have that great connection from NYU. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. You know, I, I, we weren't on the same team, sadly, uh, at the Sabre conference in Phoenix, but, uh, we competed next to each other. Uh, I don't think that, we won in Phoenix, but we gave it our best shot. And that's all that yeah, my team really definitely did not win. I'll tell you gave that. Gave it 110%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, my, my team was, I don't know how we didn't win. I don't know who won, but I'm still disappointed because I wanted the trophy. I wanted you to bring robbed. back some you hardware robbed, to, uh, to NYU. But just as kind of a, like an like a ending point, I think we've covered so much. It's been fantastic having you on. Um, is a kind of a two prong question. Obviously, you've talked a lot about like advice, like maybe not specifically, but you've mentioned a lot about, um, you know, I'll give your best effort, all that type of stuff, which has been fantastic. If you could kind of sum up like two things of that you wish you knew, either when you were looking for a job to start or when you graduated initially, like a, like undergrad. What, what would those things be? I'll give be? you two things. I, maybe three. I, 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 You'll have to stop me here. I don't want to be like Joe Rogan podcast. However many you'd like, <laughs> sir. It's 
everything no is, sir everything <laughs> is first and foremost about people and every interaction with people counts more than you'd think and you know i i, I don't want to take everything i in i could take everything to a wrestling analogy i'm like a huge wrestling fan um but i volunteered through through <laughs> nyu i found out i could volunteer at um at wrestlemania when it was at brooklyn in 2019 and i i i was you know after a few days of being like the most hardworking volunteer there they trusted me with with being the closest person to the the super vip autograph and meet and greet line with like the biggest name superstars and i kid you not people were kicked out as volunteers because they were trying to sneak pictures of people and do all this other 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 stuff they weren't supposed to do and i'm like i'm gonna put my i'm gonna like turn my phone off i'm like i'm gonna do everything they ask and what do you know they reward me they put me next to the vip line and these p these vip superstars they were meeting greeting with hundreds of people just over and over and over again for hours and they'll tell you and i see it firsthand like the people that are the best at this it might be your 500th interaction with a fan that day doing the same thing over and over again but it's their first so you have to give the same exact effort to every interaction you have with someone i I mean and you say this that like by the end of the day i know after like however many zoom meetings or talking with people i could worn out by the end of the day but you (laughs) know to to someone at the end of the day that might be their first meeting with someone or their first meeting with me and they're placing a huge weight on it where i might not think that i am and you you really have to come at it with i have to give this the as much effort as i gave my first meeting of the day or the first thing i did today so that that's one thing, and the second thing, you know, within wrestling, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm Adam Cole's biggest fan. I've got like seven different like undisputed era shirts and scarves, and I've got the wristband, the the armband, all, all this stuff in in my room here. Uh, the only thing I'm missing is like the big flag behind. Me. Yeah. Um, and I I, I <laughs> cried when the, the undisputed era broke, <laughs> but I did. I was I met him at several meet and greet. I drove to Toronto to see him fight Johnny Gargano. I've seen him fight in Philadelphia, New York, all this stuff. And at one of these meet and greets, I, I was able to like ask him a question, like talk to him for a minute. And I was thinking really hard about what I wanted to ask him. And I thought I was like, because one day I could also see myself working in the wrestling business. That's a story for another time, how I tried to break into WWE. <laughs> I mean, I go on and about that. But I, I asked him, I was like, who of all the people that work, not just wrestlers, but all the people working behind the scenes, working that you've come across in the wrestling business, what makes the great people stand out? I was like, what, what? What makes you the top of the top? And he thought about it for a second and he was like, just be someone or like, you have to be someone that people want to be with. Like, and in, in the wrestling world, like, I don't know if it's still like this now, but grow like, you know, decades ago, you would drive hundreds of miles from town to town. You'd be like sequestered in a car or a van with the same people night after night, day after day. And it made a world of difference just being with someone for that many hours in that time. That's someone that you enjoyed being with. And so yeah. that that's the energy I'm trying to take to, to all my, like to anything I do to this podcast, to work, you know, dressing up as Hulk Hogan and trying to try and entertain the people. I just want to be someone that, that people enjoy being around and while also, uh, you know, working hard and, and giving everything my best effort. That's great yes, advice sir. because I think like mm-hmm. everyone kind of gets burned out through Zoom and you kind of forget about that. Like when you're on your sixth meeting of the day and you have a client or something, you know, it's the first time they're seeing you. So like exactly. you got to keep that energy level up and make sure that, you know, you're not just grumpy because you're tired and understanding that, you know, you have to make an impression on these people. So 
Yeah. yeah, social interaction is very difficult. I think humans want to do it. <laughs> it's just after a, after a long period of time, it can become very mentally straining. Uh, but it is good to yeah. have that perspective of, yeah. you know, while I might be tired, somebody else might not be tired. Or, you know, the, you know I, while he's sleeping, I'm grinding. I'm grinding. So exactly. I think that that's a, a, great, a great mindset to have. Um, and I think it'll be helpful to anyone who's listening. I think that... Yeah. That perspective is, is very much needed in these times. Yeah. Um, but I think Definitely. with that, this is actually a great place to to conclude. You've been a fantastic guest, Michael. We really appreciate your time. Um, and if there's anything you'd like to plug, please do that right now. I mean, Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm gonna, of course, of all the things I mentioned. Also, I've got everything is on my website. Uh, it's 25th hour ideas. But, you know, for the URL, I try to make it simple. So it's just 25hourideas.com. You found my blog, podcast. I'm going to be recording season two coming up. I would love to have you guys Great. as guests, ask you guys a ton of questions. Ooh, yes. I didn't get to all my notes here. Let's do it. We'll do a full Joe Rogan. Absolutely. It'll be like two out, two plus hours. I'd love to pick <laughs> there. We go. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm really ready. looking forward I'm ready. to it. I'm, I told you, I, I'm awesome. hyped out of my mind for this. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll so... be sure to reciprocate uh, when, when we're on Definitely. yours. Um, but again, we really appreciate the time. Uh, and we'll, we'll link... Uh, your website and anything Absolutely. else yep. um, in the in the description of this podcast so people can find you um, but with that we really appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and we'll be back next week and hopefully for two episodes but we'll see uh, time permitting <laughs> we, have, we have some updates though on our end that exactly. we need to communicate so yep. have a great Sunday this will probably be up Sunday night so yep. thanks enjoy. guys thanks again yeah. Michael thank you thank, thank you, you Michael. guys thank you guys so much